Hey, Greyhounds fans. Thanks for listening to the Hounds Huddle podcast on MoravianSports.com, the Greyhound Sports Network, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am LJ Smith, Assistant Director of Athletic Communications here at Moravian University. And on this episode, I sat down with Dave Carty, the head coach of the men's lacrosse team. Dave and I will discuss his time as a student athlete, his coaching tenure leading him to Moravian, and completing his seventh year at the helm of the Greyhounds men's lacrosse program. So let's get this episode underway and meet our guest, Dave Carty. Thank you again for tuning in to the Hounds Huddle podcast, streaming live on MoravianSports.com, the Greyhound Sports Network, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. On this episode, I have the pleasure of sitting and talking with head men's lacrosse coach Dave Cardi. How are you doing today, Dave? Doing all right. Seems to be a really nice summer day out there today. Yeah, can't complain at all. I appreciate you taking time to sit down and kind of reflect over the past season, but also your experiences up to your time here at Moravian. So thank you for being here. Well, thanks for having me. Um, so we'll start back with um, how, how did you first kind of learn about the sport of lacrosse? You know, it had been popular in North Jersey. Um, I grew up on Long Island. So, you know, you just kind of have that background that, you know, that those are areas that you have lacrosse, mm-hmm. you know. So there was, you know, I was I was more than familiar with, you know, lacrosse because of where I grew up. Okay. So throughout high school, were you recruited at all to play getting into the collegiate level? I was actually more of a football player. I was interested in, in, in football okay. um, initially. And then um, when I ended up at, at Utica College, uh, the plan was to play, you know, stay there a year. Um, but I ended up, you know, talking to the lacrosse coach one day in the weight room. And, you know, he was just looking for guys who had a background who had played and grabbed me. And, you know, we went, kind of went from there. So, so. you transitioned from a, like a football kind of were you going? You went to Utica for football, and then well, no, they didn't have football. Oh, they I, didn't I was have, okay. no, I was just you know, it was at the time it was part of Syracuse. My brother went to Syracuse. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. So yeah. it was it was part. You know, it was both, and you know, so kind of the thought was that I would go there. You know, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not. Like, okay. And um, you know, it turned out a great decision for me. Um, that's incredible. So we had ended up you know playing lacrosse um, for Coach Mike Cuff, who was who was pretty pretty great. So what was that experience like kind of being recruited in a weight room to stepping on the field and, and competing? It was a great group of guys. And, yeah. and, you know, it was just a different feel, I guess. You know, Division Three was different back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was a really tight-knit group of guys. You know, Coach Cuff really, really, like, had relationships with everybody and worked hard with everybody. Um, he was a really old-school coach, but he was a great guy. We still talk. So after playing in college – was there something that kind of pushed you to coaching or like what, what made you, what did you do after you graduated? Well, I graduated, I had, I had a, d- a degree in biology, research biology, okay. um, a degree in history. So I came home and one of my buddies um, actually was coaching at Morris Catholic High School. Okay. Um, so he grabbed me there and, um, you know, he was like, well, you can coach, they didn't have lacrosse, you can coach football with us. So I started coaching football. Okay. Um, and then I met Jim Davidson, who was the head coach at Kane College, and he offered me a position with him on a staff. So, you know, I started working with him at, at Kane. Wow. So you, the football lacrosse crossover a little bit from high school. Yeah. And then even after you graduate, getting into yep. coaching. Yeah. That's incredible. That's yeah, so, so that's so neat. Yeah, it was cool. So then after Kane, what flourished? Did you kind? What was the next step? Did you want to further into coaching? Go further into coaching? 
Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed, you know, I really enjoyed that, and, and we were really successful there. We won an ECAC championship and a Knickerbocker championship, and Jim Davidson was just a great, great head coach to be under. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we worked and we did some stuff there with him, you know, and then you started working with the guys, and, and things just kind of developed from there. So what did you, did you specialize in an area of coaching? Because there's different positions, there's all kinds of things. You yeah, I was with. defensive coordinator okay. for, for the majority of my career. Okay. So. So then after that, what kind of what was the path leading up to Moravian? Where, where were your different stops at? Well, I, I, I did – I was six years um, at FDU. Okay. You know, I guess before, before here I was at Lafayette. Okay. And I had spent time with, with that staff, and they were – I mean, it was just awesome to be at that level, you know, to be mm -hmm. at the D1 level. And, you know, you're playing the big dogs, and, you know, you're at Army Stadium, Navy Stadium. like The environments are different. The environments are different. We played um, – Loyola had been the national champs the year before, and you know we got to go down there and play Loyola and, and kind of see that level, and it was, it was neat. It was it was really fun. That's so. that's incredible to see the difference from what you experienced going all the way up to the Division One level. There's obviously differences with between the, the levels, but were there simula similarities that you noticed as well? Oh, by far, it's the you know it's the relationships. You can only change the X's and O's so much. Yeah. Um, but in that level, it's just the detail. It's six inches either way. It's three inches either way. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you have three full time guys on staff. You know, plus a head coach, so everything is broken down. And, uh, you know, the recruiting is just that much more extensive. And, yeah. you know, you're kind of grinding away on those things. So it's just, it's a very different, it's, it's different, but it's not. Yeah, there, there's nuances that vary level to level. I, I, I feel yeah. that's similar in a multitude of ways, but just noticing that it, it's, instead of six, it's, it's three inches. Like, it's yeah. that detailed. We, we kind of, we laugh. I was talking to some of those guys before. You know, we're playing Loyola and, you know, we were like, all right, we're going to change the defense a few times. Like, we're going to try to, like, confuse them a little bit. Mm -hmm. So we run something, and their attackman, like, we catch him. Yep. Like, he makes a mistake. Like, we get the ball back. And he starts laughing. Yeah. And he's, like, near our <laughs> sideline. He starts laughing. He goes, he got me that time. He's like, <laughs> he's like, but I know what you're doing now. Yeah. Next time, he go, boom, they hit it. They get a goal. Wow. And he's like, you're going to have to change it again. We're yeah. Like, yeah, we are. Like, <laughs> and, and that also alludes to the caliber of the player as well, knowing how yeah. to adapt on the fly like yeah. that. That's... Immediately, he knew where the slide was coming from, what we were doing, what, like, it was, wow. yeah. That's intense. Like, that, yeah. that's, that's really unique. That's cool. So you mentioned you were at Lafayette the year prior to, to coming here. What kind of interests you in coming to Moravian? You know, it's, it's actually kind of funny because Katie McKittrick, who was a graduate, yeah. kind of talked to me about it. And I came in and I met with, uh, you know, Scott Dapp and, and JB and the whole crew. And it was just that sense of we were successful in athletics. We're, we want a successful program. You know, we're going to work hard at that. Mm -hmm. Moravian understands the importance of athletics within this environment. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was, it was, you knew that they were going to work to have a competitive program. That and you kind of had the ability to build from the ground up with reestablishing a program. Yeah, I mean, at that point, everyone yeah. who had ever been here, you know, was kind of gone. And, mm -hmm. you know, we had some discussions. It was kind of funny when I first came in. They were like, well, you'll use the club team. And I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah, we'll take a couple kids. Like, yeah. um, they were all, you know, and, and we ended up taking a decent number of them. Great kids, hardworking kids, nice kids, mm -hmm. and some very skilled kids. Yes. Um, you know, Dave Famara, I don't know if you knew mm -hmm. Dave. Yep. Like, mm -hmm. Dave was awesome. He was a great captain. Yeah. Um, you know, even even – you know, a player like Pat Moscatello, like Pat knew he wasn't a good player, 
but he was a great captain. Yeah. And and he was great academically, and he worked with everybody, and and he kind of him and Dave kind of had to yeah you know, herd cats with that first class of freshmen and and kind of because the, pro- the program came back full varsity in 2016, I believe. Yeah, I think it was 16. Because yeah. 15, it was still a club. Yeah. And I I came came to Moravia in 2000, the fall of 2013. So I was here to kind of see the progression yeah. of the program and seeing how from it, it went from a club to varsity. How Did you notice a change from what you had with the club to the first recruiting class you were able to bring in? Oh, yeah. I mean, completely. Yeah, yeah completely. Just like night and day. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, I mean, it's so funny to say night and day, like in some ways with talent, yeah. But those guys, the guys who were here before, the club guys, they loved Mm-hmm. lacrosse and they loved playing for Moravia and they love putting that jersey on and, yep you know but there's there's a difference between you're practicing two days a week and you're practicing six yeah. days a week Correct. you know you're playing 15 games as opposed to playing six seven games like commitment level 15 as well. 15 guys on the team 32 guys on the team yeah. you know and and then it's not to take anything away from them. they were yeah. great kids and they worked hard and you know in a way they're they're the legacy of this program. You know, the, preg- the, the program is the legacy of their, you know, their work and, and what they do. So they're still connected. So you're finally able to bring in recruiting classes and strengthen the program that was already here with the club. What was that like seeing it progress year by year, moving forward all the way through the past couple of seasons? It, you know, it's great. Yeah. Um, and we were successful that first year, although the competition – you know, that we were playing, you know, it's kind of funny. We were playing Goucher, and we were losing substantially. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the guys go into the Goucher game confident that, that that's a game we can win. Mm-hmm. That was just, it's part of the progression. You yeah. know, you, you get better and better and better and better. And, and to see that growth, it, it's a really nice thing. It's more for the guys. You know, we talk, we talk to the guys, like, their hard work and their dedication is what's driven us to be better. Yeah you know, and their skill levels and how hard they work and their team and their, you know, developing that tight knit, cohesive group, which is what they have. They're really good with that. We'll take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors and we'll get back into the past couple of seasons and the challenges and tribulations of what a pandemic did to the program, but also the success we've had this past couple of seasons. So we'll be right back here with men's lacrosse coach, Dave Cardi. What can you do with business phone from Penn Teledata? Make a conference call from the coffee shop. Or connect from the back nine. With unlimited phone services, 24-hour support, and mobile synergy, our cloud-based technology makes it easy to do business from anywhere. And we do mean anywhere. No more being stuck in the office. Which is great for everyone. I think. Add cloud-based business phone service from Penn Teledata. Historic Hotel Bethlehem is perfect for any stay. The finely appointed rooms and suites are complemented by excellent dining choices featuring Chef Michael Adams, the tap room for drinks and casual fare, or an upscale dining experience with a view at 1741 on the terrace. For business meetings, visit our Executive Conference Center, stop by our women's boutique for a selection of fashion and jewelry, or grab a cone at our Hotel B ice cream parlor. Historic Hotel Bethlehem is where our history will make the memory of your stay last a lifetime. Are you looking to get your hands on Moravian University Greyhounds gear? Head over to moraviansports.com and click the link Sideline Store under the tab Fan Zone to find our Moravian Apparel Store. Each month, there is a promotion that offers a discount to all things Greyhounds from hats, hoodies, shirts, and more. Head to the Moravian Athletic Sideline Store today, powered by BSN Sports. 
And welcome back. We're here with head men's lacrosse coach Dave Cardi. Talked a little bit about how you got started in, in the coaching career and a little bit of Moravian. But now we're, we'll talk about trying to coach through a very confusing time. Uh, the, the season of 2020 gets cut short due to a pandemic. You're off to the start. You get the season going and then comes to a screeching halt. What's kind of going through your head as a coach in charge of a program right now? Well, it's, I mean, the, the first thing that comes to mind is it was horrible. Yeah. You know, you don't have any control of it. You're talking seniors who work. This is, this is the year. Mm-hmm. And they've worked so hard and they've done some great things. And, you know, this is supposed to be the year they make their mark on the program. And then all of a sudden you're like, nope. And that was really, it was really hard on them. And, and for a program, it was tough to say, um, you know, because you work hard to, to be in that competitive mode. And then, you know, we were literally getting ready for a game. And Marybeth came downstairs. She's like, hey, uh, we're, putting, we're putting it on ice. And wow. then you got to go in that locker room and sit down and talk with the guys and tell them, yeah, your career's over. Yeah. Like, and, and that was super. Well, we had no idea what the NCAA was going to do. Were we going to get the years back? Were we not going to get, you know, it was just a very difficult time. Yeah. And then you don't even have to, you can't even do a senior game for them. You can't even, like, there's just so many. Because that's not anything things. you were thinking no, about. It's like that. there's nothing that we, like, that as a staff, you could have done to prepare to be like, no. you played your last game. And we even, I mean, we were making phone calls. I think it was Thursday that we found out, and we were making phone calls trying to set up a Saturday home game. Just to get. Just to, like, give the seniors a day. Like, Mm -hmm. even if, I mean, at one point, you know, we were talking to somebody else, and I was like, listen, we'll come to you. Can we do our senior day to you? Yeah. Like, even, like, just. Just to have some Just to be able to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, But they just said no. You know, they they came down and said no, period. You can't do anything. It's over. Everybody go home. That's such I, – I can't imagine trying to – like, let alone for yourself, but trying to tell a group of individuals that, like, you, this was it. And you didn't know when. Like, there was no timeline. There's nothing you can really think nope. about trying to be like, hey, this is going to be yeah. what we can do. It's just like, for now, you don't know what, what's next. Like, what was it like trying to rally the guys, keeping them in a positive mindset moving forward? Because you're not even on campus. It's Zooms. You're, like, all kinds of different – it's something you're not even used to. Yeah, I mean, I think the Zoom thing helped. You know, we did a lot of leadership development. We, you know, we talked with the guys constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we tried to help them through the academic end of, of ending that semester and all those things. But, again, like, some kids responded exceptionally well. Some kids it was really bad for. Yeah. Um, and And – you know, you had to kind of feel that out and kind of feel through it. So it was it was hard. Talking to coaches about how they've dealt with it, it's there's not there wasn't a correct answer because it's everything was up in the air. So trying to keep a group of individuals just in the proper mindset of like, we don't know what's going to happen, but we have to stay. We have to keep plugging along. Was there something you were able to do to keep them active with keeping a stick in their hand, practicing drills, anything like? Well, you know, you told them like, hey, you have your stick workouts, you have the things that you need to do, like hit the gym. Like, mm-hmm. But then they couldn't even go, to, go a to a gym. gym. Yeah, it's such you know a... what I mean? Like, and, and they were like Zach Bergeron. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Zach said I had nothing to do, so I went and shot in a half hour a day. Yeah. You know, and he was the second team all-conference midfielder for us. Like, yeah. you know, it, it was things like that. It was just hard, you know, to stay for them to stay motivated sometimes or, or to, to have the equipment to even. Yeah. You know, if you didn't have an at home gym, you weren't going to work out. Yeah. Like, so, you know, how are you going to do that? And I will say, you know, 
Coach Long like sent body weight stuff out and and rope stuff. Like he he did everything he could possibly do. He worked so hard to yeah. try to do something just to keep them motivated. Yeah, to any capacity to make it feel like they were still working with Moravian, but yeah. it's on themselves at that point. Yeah, and it's so it hard, hard to stay motivated. So you go through. Uh, you're not really having a fall traditional season for the following year, but you do find out you're going to be able to play games in a modified format. Yeah. What was it like to kind of see a light at the end of the tunnel to tell your group of student athletes, like, we're going to play? You know, it's so funny because the thing that comes to me is not that. Really? No. Like, the thing that comes to me is, like, comes to mind with me is everything – that they had to deal with to even get to that point. Yeah. And we all, you know, we all had to deal with. Yeah. You know, listen, it was hard on people. It was it was hard on the athletic trainers. It was hard on the kids. It was hard on the administration. It was, you know, across the board. You're trying to do the right thing for the kids. You're trying to get that. But everybody has a comment on, on yeah. you know, what you're doing, how you're doing it, when you're doing it. Listen, I have two young children. I have, you know, my wife who's teaching class here at the time. Like, I'm exposing myself to 45 guys every day. Yeah. To coach and and to be there with them like you know in the back of your mind you're like hmm. <laughs> it's a lot of people. Yeah. But you're doing it because you want them to be successful and you want them, you know, like you they they got to do what they got to do. Like we we got to get out there and play. Yeah. Um because it's what they need. And you know, even if you think about the trainers, you know, the trainers were exposing themselves to 200 250 kids a day. Yeah. Like even with masks and cleaning. And, that, you know, at the time, nobody really knew the, the levels of... It was stressful to people. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And absolutely. in a funny way, it wasn't stressful for, the, for us and the guys. Yeah. Because we were so grateful to be with us and the guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was kind of mitigated. It was like, well, we can deal with this and be together or not, not be, together. be together. Correct. We need to be together. And, yeah. and that was kind of... So going through all the procedures, protocols that were deem necessary to get on the field it, it's it was oh i don't want to say pressure but it's like it the options are presented it's it's a choice at that point what was able to be done to just step out on the field and the expo it, it's it's a lot thinking about what we put ourselves through to to play a game to finally be out there again just to have an experience yeah and then even when we started playing games in that spring mm -hmm. you know listen we <laughs> We're getting ready to play Gwen and Mercy. We have 38, 38, 39 guys on the roster. And our trainer at the time walks in and says, hey, uh, I know we're playing tomorrow, but uh, you have four positive tests and you have 22 guys out with contact tracing. Wow. Get on the boss. And you're like, okay. Yeah, so that's you know. a whole other obstacle you have to endure as a coach. It's like, what am I going to do now? Yeah, I mean. That's like a whole, that, that's not the primary thing you're worried about at this point, but now you're like, I'm getting on a bus. Well, you have to worry about everything. Yeah, there's so many factors. You know, and the stress of the kids. Like, And, you know, you would have a player who coming into that game was like, well, you know, I'm the eighth midfielder. Like, I'll see a little time. I'll, I'll see. And all of a sudden you're walking in the locker room like, hey, by the way, like, you're on the first line. You're going to be the initiator. Like, yeah. you, you know, you better – let's get it done. Yeah. And guys were like, you know, we walk in and, you know, I think we played seven games with one goalie. Wow. And you're like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. 
at, yeah. at this point. Yeah. And you just had to, you know, and even you saw some funny things like Trevor Dezama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, who had a breakout year this year. It was, was great. You know, last year we, we play him. You know, he's a freshman. We're kind of getting him used to down there. We play him. He's, he has a really good game. And we're like, all right, listen, you know, we're going to have to work him in a little more. Like, we're going to have to figure out some stuff. All right, make an appointment with him Monday. Like, you know, let's talk to him on Monday. And Sunday morning phone rings, say, hey, you know, Trevor's tested positive for COVID. He's got to go through protocol. Yeah. And you're like, all now, right. Now, now what? Yeah. Like, it just, is what it is. Yeah. You have to just be like, all right, next, next. All right. It is what it is. That mentality of just getting like taking what's being thrown at you and just still being able to put a result out. Yeah. Wow. And it was tough on some guys. Yeah. You know. I can imagine. Yeah. But they got through it. They were successful. You know, we won games and, mm-hmm. you know, it was. And it resulted in a landmark conference tournament win as yeah. well. So there's, through all the problems for less, like of a better term, there's still a positive you can come out with with a, a landmark conference victory over Susquehanna. Yeah. Leading into that. So what... Thinking back about all of that, you had to endure as a program to coming with a landmark conference victory in such a trivial, challenging year. What what was that like for the guys to t- come away with that? Oh, they were ecstatic. You know what I mean? The, yeah. To be able to to able to do that, to be able to win, you know, win that game. You know, the guys were actually kind of funny. They were talking about how it was just such a huge needle movement. So we beat them at home. We're going up there. The way the schedule worked out, we had to play them twice. Yep. So we go up there to play them on a Saturday, and we get handled. So we get back on that bus, and now we have to travel there yep. on Saturday. So we, like, we're on the bus, and it was just such – I mean, it was so down. The guys were so down. They mm-hmm. just they, – they felt horrible. You know, then we go up there the next week for the playoff game, and we win. Yeah. That bus back. A completely different <laughs> a completely vibe. Completely different bus, <laughs> you know. Um, and they worked hard at that, and they did the things that they needed to do, and, and the seniors played well, and everybody kind of stepped up. But it was, you know, you're talking about the needle yep. flopping back and forth, and they did a great job. We finally get back into a somewhat normal routine this past season, yeah, uh, including a trip to Florida. So you're able to take a, a, a trip during spring break, and you, you, you close out with – you have a game before then at home, so you have a home opener against uh, Lebanon Valley. But you, go, you get to go to Florida – and you trained down there all week. What was it like to finally get back with the group, have a, a relatively normal trip, and you come back from Florida with a victory? Yeah, I mean, the guys the guys are great. Great leadership, super responsible. Mentally tough kids that, that really, like, you know, you can count on. You know, that's one of the things that I'd say the guys are really getting good at. Um, yeah. You know, took care of themselves, great leadership, flew down. You know, everyone was prepared to practice every day. Everybody was ready to do their thing, so... That that's, you know, it's again, it's a number of days where you're spending all that time together and everybody's having fun and, you know, and then to get that W at the end of the week is great. And does that kind of trickle down effect from leadership with the upperclassmen all the way down through the the newcomers? Because you've had a lot of key contributors in your youth, but the the years of experience, although maybe taken away due to the COVID year, still a lot of leadership through that mentality of of your upperclassmen? Yeah, I mean, I I would say that that's one thing that we've consistently grown with is, is good leadership. Mm-hmm. We've gone from here to, you know, we just continue to get better. And that's, and that's part of watching a program develop. Yes. You know, that understanding of commitment. And, you know, you do everything right. You do the classroom right. You do off the field right. You do on the field right. Um, and we're, we are still growing, but those expectations of doing the right thing and getting good grades and showing up and working hard every day are, 
you know, I feel that our guys are really kind of focusing on that. That's great to see the culmination of where you started this program from to coming back full swing from a COVID year. It must feel rewarding in some sense that you're, you're kind of seeing the development each and every year and you're seeing the program get better and better. Oh, definitely. You know, and watching the guys have more success and, and seeing them be successful, you know, and, and turning out a product of just a really great young man, mm -hmm. I, I think is really what, what you're kind of focusing on. And that's what I feel like almost every coach I've spoken to is it's not always wins and losses. You're, you're building individuals up to go from their college experience into the world. Yeah. And having those relationships like you alluded to with your coaches and, and other peers, that's what this is all about, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. They go hand in hand. Like if you have a pack of really irresponsible kids who don't do the right thing and don't, it's hard to win. Yeah. You know, it's, you're not setting yourself up to win mm -hmm. and getting the kids to work hard and focus. You know, the guys go to class. They do what they're supposed to do, you know. But they really do, you know, they really do work hard and they, they really do understand that it can't just be one thing. Like, you can't just be a good lacrosse player. Like, yes. you got to go to class. you got to get good grades. Because at the end of this, that's what you're going to be left with. Yeah. You know, nobody's walking in going, hey, you know, you were a great attackman. Like, let's give you a job. Yeah. You know, well, what's your GPA? It. How educated are you? Can you show up on time? Can you do the right thing? Can you, you know, all those things that are, that are super important. And just, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention some of the games this year. One sticks out particularly in my head is the Susquehanna match. Yeah. The come from behind victory. Uh, tell me a little bit, I, I'm, I'm getting chills thinking about the excitement level of that game, how you guys rally back and just keep pouring it on. What was that like for you on the sideline, falling behind a little bit and then rallying the guys back? I'm glad you felt that way. <laughs> yeah, um, of course. Yeah. Unbelievably frustrated. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> unbelievably frustrated to unbelievably happy. You know, one of the funny things about the guys is having that relationship with the guys. Mm -hmm. You know, we're down, you know, we're down a couple goals and, and we call timeout and we bring the guys in and we're like, Quan, you need to do this, you need to do. And I'm not going to say the player, one of the players looks at me and says, we got it, don't worry about it. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm going to worry about it. He's like, we got it. I'm telling yeah. you, we got it. We'll get it done. We'll fix it. And, and they did. Turn the corner. Yeah. And listen, they're a very talented team. They're very young. You know, I think in the next few years, you're going to see them really, really play well. And he's a great coach. You know, but Stu's a great guy and yeah. a great mentor and a, and a really good coach. Great. And to have that, you know, listen, it is a rivalry for us, you know, and right. we've won three out of the last four. They're really good. But it was just that funny. Our guys just, you know, they, they had that confidence. And we kind of talk all the time, like, you know, why do we have to go down two, three goals, four goals before we wake up and decide <laughs> we're going to play? Like, yeah. And that's something that's frustrating. And, you know, from a coach's standpoint. But for them, it's really funny because their, like, their mental resiliency is just, they're like, yeah, we're down three. It's okay. Yeah. Like, and one thing we do talk about as a team, like, the game's not going to end for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what <laughs> right, I mean? Correct, like, yeah. like, the game's not going to end for nothing. So yeah. we're going to score goals. They're going to score goals. Like, mm -hmm. they just had their run. Let's go on our run. Yeah. Um, but that, again, that was a great day. We had a lot of recruits. We had, you know, it was a beautiful day. It was, you know, it was right before Easter weekend. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it was, it was exciting. Yeah, just little like aspects of that. Like obviously, the stress you probably had worrying about going <laughs> down, and then obviously looking on the the bright side of it coming out with a victory. But talk a little bit about the senior class you've had this year, going through all of that they endured and being able to fulfill their their time here and, and walk away as a greyhound. Well, it's kind of funny because they were the last class to fill the team. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so we had had the, like the Biasi class who was the first group of recruits, yep. and, you know, and then that they stretched out and graduated, you know, Griff, Griff, CJ, all those guys, Zach, Kevin, they were all in that class. Yeah. You know, like they had met them and they kind of were, were here with them. Um, and, you know, we had in that class, there were some great, great, even if they weren't a great player, they were awesome people with great grades and really hardworking, nice kids. And mm-hmm. I think that was, that was kind of the trademark of their senior class, I would say, was very responsible guys who took their role as seniors very, you know, very seriously and, and did a nice job. And they come away, some of your seniors, and even six-year senior Jimmy Shickey come away with <laughs> uh, landmark conference uh, accolades this season as well. They did, yeah, and they did a really nice job with that. You know, it's kind of funny with different teams. You know, you call guys and you say, hey, you know, you made all-conference. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it wasn't, you know, some of them were like, oh, great. Like, yeah. you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't the end-all, be-all, which is, I guess – you know, you're doing the right thing when the guys are more preoccupied with team success and the success of their, you know, Correct. the other players. So. so you complete the season, and now we have time to rebuild, look at what needs to improve, and move forward to next season. So what does the future of, of this program look like next year, Coach? Listen, we have a lot of big shoes to fill, but we do feel like we have the guys here. You know, we saw five or six freshmen this year play significant time. Absolutely. Um, you know, Aaron Judge, Salica, you know, as, as freshman offensive players were very good. Of course, we have sophomores, you know, who are now juniors who saw sub- substantial time. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, there's going to be some new faces. You know, we have a very talented recruiting class coming in. And it's just going to be – it's going to be a little new, but I think it's, it's going to be even a little bit better with some of that talent. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. To see who kind of fills in yeah. and competitiveness within the squad already – to kind of see who's going to step up, move up, fill those shoes. Yeah. There's two levels of being competitive. Do I want to work so hard that I'm going to start on this team or I'm going to work so hard we're going to beat Scranton, E-Town, Catholic, Susky. Yeah. Like that's two different levels. Two mentalities, yep. And, and two mentalities. And, you know, I think we want to, of course, we want the later. No, hopefully we'll get it. That, that's yeah. a good point, seeing the, 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 the individual – me working hard to be a starter on the team versus the overall impact of performance, even if you don't start the role you fill to, yeah. for the better of the group. Well, listen, I mean, your 30th guy, you know, it's coaching cliche, but it's at, like I wish people realized it was true. Your 30th guy is going to set your level of success as much as your first. Mm. You know, if he comes out every day to practice and works hard and gives it his all and does the little things, then that puts pressure on the guys ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And having that competitiveness through the program is, is what makes it really, you know, makes you really grow. And that, that's kind of what's important. It's funny because one of the things that guys have to get used to is it's not high school. Like, you know, we're going out, we're trying to recruit. I'm trying to get a better recruit than our best player. Yeah. Not our 30th player. Correct. You know what I mean? I'm trying to because then our number one becomes our number two. And, and then that natural competitive nature. And, and he's also now going to play their number two, not their number one. Like, yeah. So he'll be even better. Yeah. And to, to develop that, that long depth, you know, you have to show up and practice hard every day. You have a kid come in who's a freshman, and you thought, like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to be the fifth midi. Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden, two really good freshmen come in, and now you're the seventh midi. Yeah. 
you know. So that trickle down effect, if even if it's not the top guy and you think you're middle of the road, you still have to continue to work hard to prove that you can. You like like you said, it's it's all the way down. Yeah, and that's kind of what you want to try to do, you know, and and to be to get that level of competitiveness is what. You know, you really need to have to, to win that championship and to get to that next level. Coach, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to sit down and talk with me and kind of reflect on your time as a student athlete all the way to your most recent season as the head coach of the Greyhounds men's lacrosse program. So thank you so much for doing this, meeting with me. and Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Perfect. Thank you very much. It was great to talk with Dave Carty, the head coach of the men's lacrosse team here at Moravian University. We had the opportunity to reflect on his past as a student athlete, his coaching tenure, including bringing back the men's lacrosse program, and concluding with the most recent season here with the Greyhounds. Be sure to follow the men's lacrosse program on social media at LaxHounds on Instagram and Twitter, L-A-X Hounds on Instagram and Twitter, and at Moravian Men's Lacrosse on Facebook. And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and follow the Moravian University Athletics accounts as well. That's all I have for you on this episode of the Hounds Huddle Podcast. Until next time, I'm LJ Smith, signing off.